Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jones of all ages, welcome to the main event of the evening. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Steve. Yo, yo! Yo, Joe! Hey, 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 Chief Dog. Oh, ho, 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 it's Joe. Yeah, boy. How are you? Get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, funny you should say that. My wife and my kid had a haircut last week, and they both were just pointing at me saying, yeah, basically get a haircut hippie to me, because um, they're like, what look are you going for? It's not a strong, or well, it is a strong look, what I've got, but it's not a good look. So uh, that kind of inspired me to keep growing it. So there you go. Uh, long hair, don't care, right? Well, Long hair, don't care. Chief, it's just you and me, brother. Wow. wow, coming off the back of episode 80, what a smorgasbord of fun that puppy was. Listen... We need to get one thing on record and abundantly clear. Ben yep. was very boisterous, shall he we say. Hot. He was hot. He was so hot, I had to like bring his mic level down. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Partly because of the so-called rosé wine that he was tucking into. <laughs> that we think wasn't actually rosé wine. Yeah, well, I mean, the evidence is on the bottle. Everyone in the group is yeah. also climbing in saying... Hang on, that's that's got no alcohol percentage. Yeah, he was he was high on talking Joe content. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was great fun, man. Uh, we should definitely get the boys back as often as possible. Yes. A real yeah, yeah. Why wait for an anniversary show? Let's just get them on when they're available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what How have you been up to? Other you? than that, anything? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um... <laughs> All right, I'll go first. I, I printed off, or I. I used a website to create some some special Talking Joe content, which uh, I won't uh, spoil or put out any images just yet until I'm sure I'm happy with them. But um, it revolves around the original four Talking Joe crew, something uh, physical content that I'm going to send out to each one of the boys that I've got some spare sets that I might make available either for sale or for the Talking Joe fans or, you know, maybe some giveaways. But um, let's just say trading cards, uh, Talking Joe trading cards. Um, what, what did you think of them? I was about to say, ooh, you tease. But uh, yeah, man, they are physical. <laughs> they are trading cards. They're a set. Chief, you are full of surprises, man. I mean, it's such a thoughtful idea. Like... What struck you? I mean, when when did it occur to you, like, let's create trading cards out of the, the yeah. Talking Joe crowd? Yeah. Actually, in fact, I, I will put images up online. Um, when The ones I printed, they're a little bit off-centered and not quite ideal. So I don't know. I had, many years back, I had all these sketches from conventions, art sketches and commissions, and I thought these would be cool. And I made actually a set of playing cards. I went to just a a normal digital printing website that prints like mugs and T-shirts and calendars with your own images you can upload and one that did playing cards. So I uploaded 52 different images, oh, 54 because I had two jokers, 54 different pieces of art that I'd got over the years and made a 52-card deck 
that had the suits and the numbers on, but also the images of art I'd had over the years. Just as a, just as a, you know, just dicking around, thought it'd be fun. And then I thought, oh, I'll tell you what would be cool, to do trading cards with art I've got. So the art on the front, on the back, flip it over and you'll get creator you know who was the artist when did it when did it take place where was it taking place you know almost like stats of the art piece who's the character on the front um, and i found this site in america i think it was called go trading cards or something like that where you can they give you different templates and you can upload your art and all the text on the back and had some made and posted over but they were quite expensive it was working at about four dollars per card and so when i look at you know 500 sketches i've got that's you know a lot of money to, to create that just for something that I don't really need and then that was years ago and then recently I was thinking I don't I really don't know what sparked sparked it maybe it was an email came in from go trading cards about uh, <laughs> an offer yeah prodding you for your hard-earned tom I tell you. yeah 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 I was <laughs> like oh yeah the trading cards maybe I could do something and the the anniversary show was coming up and so I thought and that's you know oh four guys from the show maybe and I was flicking through my G.I. Joe trading cards at the time. The set that you were talking about on a, uh, I was going to say recent, but it was quite a long time ago on jo- Joburg. You were talking about that Impel trading yeah, yeah. card set. And, and uh, you were like, oh, what, them. this? And you've got a full yeah. set. I'm like, chief. Yeah, I've, I've got a full set, yeah. You've yeah. got uh, so much stuff, man. <laughs> They're like, it's never ending, this well. No, it isn't. And um, so then I thought, oh, yeah, cool. Maybe, maybe I could create some of those. So I went on to that Go trading cards website looked it up and I thought I can get for 80 bucks I can get a set of four trading cards and I can get five sets of Hmm. those trading cards so 20 cards 80 bucks about 50 quid and then I um, remember there was an artist in the UK called Mr Hope really good artist he's at a lot of conventions and I remember he had created some Jurassic Park trading cards for sale at one of his stands so I messaged him and I said you know where did you create these and he said I just did it on a they're business cards that I did on a digital printing website but you can upload art for front and back so I thought can I you know mock up business cards that clearly are faking pretending to be trading cards so I found a website in the UK I used the templates and design from this go trading card website now it won't let you download that design unless you pay Mm. so what I did is I had the image on the screen but then I I did a print screen but (laughs) inside what it does is it's got the image but it's got dotted lines kind of indented around the image to stop you doing that but I still screen grabbed it inside the dotted lines so the image is slightly smaller than it would be but it still served its purpose so then I basically uploaded those images to this digital printing site in the UK selected I want a set of four and I want 20 copies of each so I got 20 and they actually sent me 27 so I've got 27 sets of four for like 24 quid sneaky fox he's bucking the system it was like half the price i would have paid for getting them from the usa and Genius. i got 22 more sets than i could have done so um yeah and they turned out they turned out quite well except i slightly offline some of the text is near to the edge but you know i've been talking a lot about these and hopefully by the <laughs> time this airs on the day this airs i better put pictures up so people can at least see what i'm talking about before they have to listen to the spiel but um they turned out quite nice i'm going to send it to the four or the three other talking joe crew so that they've got a set as well but um that's mainly what i've been up to designing these cards on works time <laughs> indeed <laughs> chief uh you are a piece of work my friend i mean not only are the cards like deliciously designed and feature some rather priceless images of uh, the four of us, <laughs> may I just say. 
the write-ups are damn good. Great read. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a wordsmith, buddy. Take it. Well, Take it. Well, it's you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the fans like him as well. So, yeah. I even love yeah. your attempt at uh, South African colloquialism. Because, <laughs> 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 of course, you include a quote at the end. How could you not? Yes. You bloody yes, that's genius. It. That's it. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, have you been up to anything interesting? Oh, man. Well, top of the list has got to be the fact that this past week I have received the motherload of Joe's. I know I've been bleating about it in everywhere that I'm social, be it Talking Joe or G.I. Joeberg, <laughs> that I'm yep. here in Australia with precious few toys. Well, the call was answered. Fella from, from the United States called Cody, a fella from Brisbane called Alan Grant. I mean, I'm sure he gets the, the Jurassic Park reference all the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, my tomahawk arrived. All Ooh. on the same day. So I'm yes. I'm in hog heaven, man. I'm just loving having a sizable collection again. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. You showed me an image. You know, it was, uh, you, like you said, it all came on one day. I said, uh, I need your, I need your, before I said about these trading cards, I said, I need your postal address. And uh, you said, Chief, I don't need more stuff. You, you don't need to send me anything. Look at this. You sent me a pic of the mother load. But these are look, these are four cards, flat pack. They're not going to cost much to post. So um, add them to the collection. But um, yeah. Gladly. Uh, your, your nice treasure trove you've got there. Um, listen, this has been a really upbeat, pleasant start to the show. So oh, unfortunately, <laughs> that can only mean one thing. Oh, no. We've got to go. Inside Chief's mind. Oh! Chief, I'm terrified. This is my first time. <laughs> Go easy on me. Yeah, uh, bringing back an oldie but a goodie. Now, um, uh, so here's what happened. Me and the missus took the day off work today. What? You don't start off by saying people. Listen, what's, I feel, what's bugging I feel, me this week? I feel cheated, honestly, Chief. But what's bugging me this week? People <laughs> who, who. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got nothing there. I got nothing. I'm just gonna uh, go back to where I was. Um, yeah, me and the missus took the uh, day off because in the UK there has been a relaxation on those not in the UK or if it's named something differently elsewhere, something called stamp duty, which is what you pay when you purchase a property. It is effectively dead money you throw away for the privilege of buying a house. Uh, it's like a tax, if you will, and that's been relaxed, and that means that people like us can save you know upwards of 10 grand 10,000 10 bags of sand on mm. purchase oh there's a colloquialism for you oh, uh, I, might, no. I might use that later i'm going to use that <laughs> i'm going to use that later so saving money on buying a property we were looking at moving anyway but not quite on this time scale we've got until 31st of march to complete the purchase of a property and that stamp duty will be waived so what we did is at the weekend we just picked out a random place not a random place it's a place called dorking which is quite unfortunate uh, dork's not necessarily used in the uk uh, maybe a bit in the 90s but you wouldn't hear kids calling each other dorks i think it's definitely a u.s thing not sure yeah, if it... but i think the meaning has been estranged from what it means i mean isn't like a camel's penis oh i thought dork meant nerd <laughs> okay no, dork is a dick dude <laughs> oh really in what no in what language in, in what not language in what region i don't know but it was something that was evident to me let me just actually google that now i'm sure dork <laughs> uh, this is from my just from my 
knowledge of watching American shows as a kid, I thought if you called someone a dork, you were saying they're a bit, bit of a weirdo, a bit of a nerd. Yeah, look, the first hit is a contemptible, socially inept person. Right. Uh, and it is kind of North American and yeah, informal. Yeah. But yes. uh, I'm going to peer a little bit deeper while you talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, dorking, we want to move to someone that's a bit greener, um, you know, more nature, etc. We're in South London at the moment. So dorking, that is not too far away from us, probably about 35 minute drive, but it's in the Surrey Hills, which is a gorgeous part of the south of England, um, down in the UK. And it is, you know, it's a, it's a natural heritage site of beauty, the Surrey Hills area, and we liked the look of it. And so we decided to jump on a train today, pop down there, have a look around the town just to see what it's all about. And absolutely loved it. Really nice kind of sleepy market town and had a good look around. And the reason why I'm going inside Chief's mind is because this has come up before, but I'm having a slam. I'm having a go at Chief's ineptitude of reading train timetables. So oh. we thought we've got, to, we've got to be back to pick the kid up from school at circa 3 p.m. So we thought, right, I looked it up. Ah, there's a train here from Dorking at 1.40. And it's about 40-minute train. We've got a change at Sutton. So 40 minutes, that'll get us back about 2.25 p.m. We'll walk home. We'll get a quick drink. Louise would go down and pick up even from school, which means I would be on time to record Talking Joe at 3 p.m. with my man, Sjub7. Mm-hmm. And then, That's me. then on the way to Dorking, the missus said, oh, do you want to pick her up from school when we get back? And I'm like, I thought that's what you were doing. I told you I've got a pod at three. Oh, she's never very good for me when I try and pick her up from school. She says she's tired and I have to pull the scooter along. Oh, you'll be much better at it. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to put the, <laughs> put the podcast back by 15 minutes. I've already delayed S-Jubs on the last one I recorded. She's played the good uh, cop, bad cop card. Huh? It's like, oh, you're better at it. Won't yeah, you do it? So I said, fine, I'll message S-Jubs saying I'm going to be 15 minutes minutes late so we're in Dorking we looked around and I said yeah there's a train at 1:40, and on the way home she said oh there's a bookshop here should we pop in and have a look and I said I no, I said let's pop in and have a little look see if there's any books we can get Evelyn she said have we got time I said yeah we got time we got 15 minutes before the train goes so we popped in there and spent five minutes that we didn't need to spend uh, made it through the train station um, we got to the platform there's a train on the platform and I'm looking around and it's like it's 1.37 p.m so I'm looking to see what platform the 140 train is so as I'm looking this train I look up and I see oh wait a minute this 137 is our train it's not 140 and as I looked the train just started leaving the platform so we missed the 137 train, but I still swear to this day that I saw 140 when I looked at it on my app in the in the cafe mm. we were in having our lunch. That there was a 140. Clearly, I was looking at something else completely. I wasn't even looking at the stations that oh. I was mean to be going to or from. But anyway, missed that train. It's only half hourly. So now, oh, no. if we get the next train, that will get us into our home station at 257. The collection time for picking up the kid is 2.55. So we need to get a DeLorean and go back in time two minutes. Uh, However, it's about 10 to 12 minute walk to the school from the station. So by the time we got off the train, we're probably going to get to the school at 3.15 p.m. 
collection time is 2.55, so we're going to be 20 minutes late. Now, obviously, collection time at 2.55, they don't expect every parent to arrive on time there. It's kind of like a one-in-one-out scenario, so they'll still be picking kids up from 5 to 3 until 5 past 3. But still, if I get there at quarter past 3, she's going to be the last one there. I don't know if I've got to phone the school to say, yes, I am coming. I don't know how long they hang around. So now I'm like, oh bollocks so we're we're now on the train from Dorking to Sutton which is where we're going to swap over unfortunately we've got a 20 minute wait at Sutton to get the connecting train to Wallington where we live so now chief uh, I'm I'm gonna need a DeLorean to get back the last 10 minutes and I think the the listeners will as well I mean we ran out of inside chief mind underscore music a long time ago now (laughs) well you're you're editing so feel Ah. free to uh, snip out any of this um but I don't know if I can I need to put everyone through the same uh punishment (laughs) the the punishment that you're getting right now yeah 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 yeah, incidentally Uh, dorking uh or dork yeah Yeah. old older use according to dictionary.com penis yeah there you go there you go buddy i never knew that but now i can happily call people dorks they think i'm calling them a bit of a jerk off i'm actually calling them a dick so (laughs) yeah very clever undercover undercover slur i hope you don't get an old school aficionado like me buddy he's like (laughs) hey 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 that's not very nice so i said don't worry i can run i can run from the station i can get to the to the school in about seven minutes the problem with that was uh, we had stopped in a cafe for lunch. We both had full vegan breakfasts, of which there was a big smashed avocado part of the breakfast. She doesn't eat avocado, so I had her avocado. So I had double avocado. Mm. She doesn't eat spinach, so I had all her spinach. So I've had two sausages, double avocado, double spinach. She didn't have a tomato either. I've had double tomato, beans, four slices of toast. Then we topped that off with a cake. Then we topped that off with a um, chai latte. And <laughs> I, at this point... Bursting. I cannot move, so there's no way I am running from a train station to a school to pick up a four-year-old and then trying to get her home. So then we said, fine, let's get a taxi from Sutton. We finally got the taxi, but the taxi, she put the, the missus, instead of putting the school address in, she put the home address. So the taxi's taking us to our home, <laughs> no. so I still had to run to the bloody school. Oh, with all that food jiggling around. Now I've got a massive stitch, I'm crumpled over, a cramp in my belly. I was only five minutes late, though, to be fair, picking her up, picked her up, all good on the way home scooter broke the back wheel fell off of course uh the the bolt came out um so now i've got to carry the scooter but she's also got to bring her home everything she had at school so her hat her wellies a cardigan a book bag everything that had been stored at school that wasn't brought home every day so now i've got i haven't got a bag on me either so i've got two armfuls of stuff a scooter that's broken i've got to carry and a kid that's whinging because she's too tired to walk home Anyway, finally got home. By this time, I am sweating like a fat man in a discotheque. So <laughs> I basically now I am the man who is I'm the man who's doing a podcast just in his jockey shorts with no trousers on in the loft. Woohoo, baby! You took twenty minutes to tell us that. I mean, I could have got straight to that last two minutes of story, couldn't the I? The ladies in the audience are swooning. Chief dog <laughs> in his skivvies. Well, buddy, I feel like I'm going to reiterate something Ben said after your motorcycle mistake. Adventures. Just yes. get a car, mate. Just get a yeah. car. Yeah, that is an option. <laughs> they're just now falling he... out of trees, right? You know. You yeah, just, of course. You pluck a card. He bought a Tesla car, Oof. which I believe is 
fully electric, no carbon footprint. However, costs more than I probably earn in about five years' salary. So and uh, is also a new car. Yeah, and have you seen those doors? It's like they kind of got electric gullwing DeLorean doors. They look amazing. The construction of a new automobile has as much of a carbon footprint as ah. that car will produce in its entire yeah. lifespan. Yep. So yep. I say, you, you want to save the planet? Buy used. But hey. Or buy, yeah, get a bicycle, man. That's what I do. This is my inside Steve's mind. It's not really an annoyance. <laughs> it's more just an observation. When did the term push bike become popular? Because I just think that is a stupid word. Push bike. So that would have been UK-wise... My parents and probably their parents would have used the term push bike. So What's wrong with just very old school, very old school reference that is. You wouldn't hear any kids after I would say UK after nineteen eighty five using the term push bike. But it seems to be coming back. And this oh, is really? how people Do you think? Dis- Yeah, well it's how people distinguish a bicycle from a motorbike. Because if you say right. bike and people go, Huh? You say push bike to um you know elucidate but i would just say i would argue say bicycle rather yeah if you want to clarify no don't say pedal bike just say bicycle (laughs) chief come on the the thing is a bicycle it's not a push bike a push bike is something that you give your toddler to kind of teach them how to ride a bike it's a bike without pedals that's that's what i would call call it uk we we call that a balance bike yeah Yeah. where they use their feet to like scurry along yeah you're literally pushing off the ground (laughs) to move anyways let's exit our minds and enter our snacks yeah if people are still with us it's time for the snack police potato chips crisps biscuits and candy washing them down with a whiskey or a brandy chewy sweets cookies built around jerky snacks running fear because we got them at our mercy we're snackers attackers bad mother truckers and we're eating all the crackers munchers crunchers knock out snacks like we're heavyweight punchers Snack police are in the his house. This is courtesy of my new pen pal from Brizzy, Alan. Uh, he suggested I go to IGA and scope out some of the authentic Aussie snacks they have there. This is Ajitas Veggie Chips. Vegan friendly. Hey, I'm taking a walk on the green side, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> no dried meats for me. I'm going to break into this bag. It's barbecue flavor. I'm very disappointed to see that it's less than 100 calories per 20 gram serve. I'm going to feel rather cheated. I, I want yes. my calories. Anyways, they are circular, pounded down things that look like puffed air. Yep. I had something almost the same looking as this uh, yesterday, day before, uh, yesterday, in fact. They were barbecue flavour. They were called pop chips. They were uh, exactly yes. the same. Yep. Which you absolutely love, right? Because you are vegan and strange. <laughs> well, I love any kind of potato, maize, corn. I'm going to call them crisps, um, yeah, not chips. Pal. But uh, any any kind of thing like that. I would regularly buy like a 12 pack of uh, kp frazzles which are like bacon ones and just smash the whole 12 packs in one sitting but um n- enough about that how are these sorry sir? chief i can no longer hear you over the barbecue <laughs> veggie chips mm. oh man i see what you mean i can just blow through an yeah, entire you know. bag of these before the opening credits of star trek the next generation <laughs> <laughs> very good so is that a double thumb up yeah they are fantastic. Like, Good. such a nice alternative to the heaviness of a potato chip, which is yep. obviously fried. Oh, man, I'm starting to sound like 
real sensible people <laughs> like you or my brother. Oh, man. It's me sensible? Come on. Uh, Mr. Vegan, come on, Chief. Right, okay. You're a healthy boy. I'm not vegan anymore. I'm flexitarian. <gasps> of course. Yeah. That's a sexitarian new word you've invented. I, I think that means <laughs> I, I will try and be vegan, but if I really fancy uh, a tuna sandwich, I'll have a tuna sandwich. <laughs> My mate Dave isn't bisexual. <laughs> He's trisexual. Because you try anything sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Love Ali G. Oh, yes, you do, brother. Ali. <laughs> Ali, Ali C. Ali uh, I think, C. <laughs> I think, I know, I'm trying to remember. I put that video, which I've shown you, I put it on the Patreon Discord server for Outer Timers. Now, Since that's no more. Because Outer Timers is no more. However,. If you were a fan of the Outer Timers and you weren't uh, on the Patreon Outer Timers, we have actually decided to open up that Discord server to everyone. So that is basically, there were channels in there for comic talk, movie talk, uh, retro talk, uh, like-minded mm. people, basically just a big WhatsApp group, effectively. Anyone can chat. Instead of using Twitter or Instagram, everyone can just chat together in the same place. So if you do want to be part of the out of timers discord server where there is talking joe chat as well then uh, hit me up hit the chief dog up um anywhere you can find us or even talking joe and i'll send you a link where you you can join that discord server for good chat i've sent s jobs a link you've joined haven't you Mm-hmm. indeed yep, yep. very interested at the uh the parallels between dam busters and the star wars trench run yeah i yeah. watched dam busters like a couple of weeks ago actually right in letterboxd i reviewed it and like kind of jotted down all the similarities I think. Okay, wicked. I wrote them down somewhere. But like, there's even yeah. a character called Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas had no problem lifting entire swaths yeah. of, of dialogue. Yeah, lost Harry, lost Hutch. Um, and that is a row as well, talking about Hutch. <laughs> if, you're, if you weren't listening to, another cheap plug, Out of Timers, if you were, even if you were listening to Out of Timers, but you weren't listening to the Clone Wars Dispatch, which was our recap of the animated show... It's worth going back and listening to those, but maybe not the first eight minutes, but listen to the last six or seven minutes, because that is where me and Ben do a couple of Star Wars things, if you're into Star Wars, where I tell him about lines from the movie that, as a kid, I completely misheard. I, I tell Ben about the, the, the idiocy of what I was hearing at the time, and I play the actual clip, and then... Uh, he gives me Star Wars impressions uh, of characters <laughs> or noises from the movies, and I try and guess that. So that's quite fun. So even if you're not into the animated show, listen to the back end of all those Clone Wars episodes. But um, enough of that cross-pollination rubbish. It's time Ooh. for my snack. This is a snack that would have featured on the Outer Timers <laughs> oh. uh, uh, in the Sour Sensation segments, because I have a pack of... Sour smog balls, crunchy candy with a sour chewy centre. I believe these are American candies. So generally speaking, they are horrible because no offence, America, your candies and chocolates suck ass <laughs> um, compared to UK sweets. Uh, so here we go. These are very small uh, balls. Let me put some in my mouth. Oh my God, that's almost broken my tooth. I I can't crunch it. Damn, son. Oh, there you go. Wow. That is... Oh, that's pokey. It's a bit (laughs) winky. Yeah, sour. There's another colloquialism for you, pokey. Um, Mm. Yeah, they are not that nice, but anything sour or spicy, 
means I have to just keep eating stuff. So you know, I don't like them very much. I will continue eating them. I know that winky in this context means you're kind of, you know, screwing up your face a little bit, like your eyes have to blink. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, is Sour. it not a colloquialism? Like a winky is another term for dick. Oh yeah, wee willy winky. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You, you're full of dicks today. Jeez, my man. <laughs> Jeez, like a bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> one thumb up. One thumb up for these smog balls. Right on. One one uh, winky up. Right, if we've got any listeners left who are here <laughs> for the comic talk, I apologise for all that stuff in the first half an hour you've had to endure. Yes, it's time for comic talk. It's comic talk, it's comic talk, baby. Chief and Steve discussing like crazy. Larry Harmer riding these bad boys, making sense of the wackiest toys. Listen as we talk about story arcs, making noise louder than junkyard box, talking about character motivations and all the various G.I. Joe fun locations. Today we're discussing issues 201 and 202. Uh, looking at the cover for 201, I've got the main one by Gillant and Brown. Mm-hmm. It is, what is that, the Rolling Thunder? Yeah. Coming towards the reader. Loads of Joes on it. Similar to that Mean Dog cover we had a while back in composition. Similar as well to uh, another famous cover. Issue 1. Yeah, Chief. Yeah. Nice, brother. Blockbuster 201st issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see you. You're so clever. <laughs> Even down to like the rather awkward Joe kind of leaping off the vehicle that doesn't seem to be on the same plane of existence. I mean, like, it was always weird to me, like, Hawk... Or was it Grunt? We can, you know, have that debate perhaps. But in on is, on the cover of issue one, he's yes. kind of like it's a very superhero thing. It's a very Kirby thing. Like this character, I don't, I don't know what he's jumping off. He's just in a very dynamic pose, kind of suspended in the air. And the same thing with Falcon. Yeah, and Falcon here is most definitely going to get run over because that <laughs> Rolling Thunder is not stationary. Well, or is it? I guess there's nothing to suggest the Rolling Thunder is moving. Homeboy better, like, tuck and roll, is all I'm saying. Because taking that on, on his, his leading knee is going to do some damage. And yep. the man's already been shot through the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, have we seen Spirit ever using a bow and arrow as well? I didn't That'd think that was his weapon of choice at all. No. I mean, ironically, the figure came with, like, an arrow rifle. But it was still a rifle. You know, it had a, yes. a rifle appearance and f- similar function. But bow and arrow, that's that's something new. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit hilarious. Like, everything on the page is absolutely overpowered with firepower. Like, everyone's going full auto on some pretty heavy weapons. Even mainframe has got the hog. I mean, I didn't take him for the heavy machine gunner type, but no. he he's a marine, so why the hell not? Yeah. But then I there's think... spirits. I'm like, I will do damage with my arrow. Yeah. I think Gallant's having a bit of fun, to be honest. I think he yeah. knows what he's doing because we've seen his interior work be phenomenal in terms of knowledge of the characters and the vehicles. So I think, you know, he knows what he's doing there. Um, For sure, I, I, I'm, I'm looking also on the interior inside cover of this issue. There's a Rob Liefeld cover, which obviously Oof. he's got the upcoming Snake Eyes miniseries. He is very much Marmite, Rob Liefeld. You either love his stuff or you hate his stuff. I don't think there's any fence sitting. But I had no idea he had done a cover back in April 2014 for G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe. That surprised me. Marking his territory. He was like, yeah. one day, G.I. Joe, you will be mine. 
Yeah, a yeah. roadblock definitely has got the sort of the balled up fists look <laughs> and the cylindrical like gun of no real world description. Yes. Snake Eyes' chest is enormous. Yep. Yeah, man. It's a Liefeld cover, all right. Like, <laughs> Marmite, yes. But, you know, Rob Liefeld, when he stepped onto the scene was when he was at his best. Yeah. You know, that's when it was all so much more acceptable. But uh, seeing seeing him reinterpret G.I. Joe... It's like, it's kind of jarring, man. I want him to draw Cable with uh, those weird spacey guns with, you know, (laughs) massive shoulder pads and pouches everywhere. You start applying those touches to G.I. Joe and I'm like, and then what is the third cover? It's like uh, Snake Eyes uh, issue 21 kind of repelling descent. Is that uh, Big Ben with a Canadian flag in the background? I've only got the small inset, so I can't really see. But... um... I'll see if I can source it online and post it up. It looks like he is literally saving the clock tower. Right, okay. <laughs> Save the clock tower. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Goldie Wilson for mayor. <laughs> now I've got to watch that. That is incredible. Larry did a sketch for this issue as well for the cover, yeah. which just looks like a really mundane like corridor scene if my eyes aren't failing me. Yeah, or two people at a bar. It's not a bar there, right, is it? They're trying to order Isn't drinks. It? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Strange. Oh, wow. Let's move on to 202 quickly. Uh, I've got the Zartan fighting Baroness on the steps of the castle. Love that. The only yeah. other cover was Larry's original sketch, in Correct. which you get a bit more insight into the characters' expressions. Zartan seems to have not got the upper hand. He's very much distressed. And Baroness looks like she's actually enjoying herself. Yep. She's yep. got a smirk, which... Is very telling. The actual finish is far more aggressive, far more realistic. We don't get as much character out of Zartan because his face is obscured by his own shoulder. But yeah. uh, I like this cover, Chief. I really do. And I like this scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a good scene. It's a great scene. We'll get onto that. We better play a bit of catch-up. So, last time on A Real American Hero. While G.I. Joe handled a tricky situation in Sierra Gordo, Cobra Commander mobilised his troops and raided G.I. Joe's home base, the Pit. The remaining G.I. Joe members, joined by Scarlet and Snake Eyes, managed to beat back the Cobra Menace until the rest of the team returned. As Cobra made their escape, Duke organised a pursuit against the fleeing enemies. Cobra Commander seemingly led a few Cobra vehicles to distract the heroes hot on their tail, and Duke found himself mano a mano with the head snake. Defeated but successfully covering for the rest of the fleeing villains, Cobra Commander fell, but was then revealed as an android decoy all along. Cobra lives to fight another day. Back at the pit, Joe Colton and Jane disclose some of the secrets of the pit to G.I. Joe. Mm. Interestingly, I chose to say Duke instead of Duke. Hmm. Would you consider that to be two different names, or is that just a different pronunciation of the same name? <laughs> Jeez, Chief, I know I sometimes split hairs, but that's taken a little too far. Okay, fine. Duke and Duke. It just depends on how you want to lean in terms of enunciation. Fine. I always, as a kid, said Duke. I've nice. never said Duke until I think I started doing Talking Joe. Well, I used to call Lieutenant Falcon LT Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Incredible. Incredible. So now, now I've, I've made a break with the past and I just yeah, call him Falcon. But like, or you call him Lieutenant Falcone. They're very good. Chief, yes. you're learning new tricks. <laughs> Old Chief Dog. <laughs> the first thing I want to say is, Oof. at the end of issue 200, we've got Joe staring in amazement at something 
and like has been referenced by you and Chris on the last episode, what what were they staring at that was so amazing? Mm. Circumvented, man. It's like Larry keeps forgetting that he's led you right up to the door of this thing several times now. And then, like, <laughs> there are other fires that need putting out. I mean, are we led to believe that the reveal was just this a door opening and a big long <laughs> passage behind it? Look, I think it's just that dramatic uh, device where you, you keep... Like, everyone is in the story is learning the secret piecemeal, but the audience are the last to know. Yeah. I think it's a cheap parlor trick mainly because it just gives the writer more time to flesh these things out before the final reveal. Yes. But uh, you're building the world in the meantime. It's not like the world of the comic book has stopped turning. It's just like, yeah. I want to keep this card close to the chest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating because we have to kind of forget about it each time. Yes, of course, of course. Mm, mm. This issue kind of reminded me of of some of the setup issues we've had previously, like um, Twenty Two, which was I always forget what's called. What's it called? Something about chimney sweepers. Uh, like chimney sweepers come to dust. Yeah, Absolutely. that one. And we've had a couple of those along the way. I had one mm. quite recently, actually, as well, with Snake Eyes, where he's doing you know the bare-chested grabbing fish out of the stream, which wasn't too <laughs> long ago. But we've had a few over the whole run anyway. But this felt very much like a downtime kind of R and R, you know, build up a few little subplots kind of kind of issue. Yeah, I'm never uh, opposed to this because, you know, the kind of action we've been getting is a little bit mindless at times you know when it's yeah. not balls to the wall and and really exciting and, and like and pulse pounding some of it can be very paint by numbers like gi joe versus cobra stuff but uh these kind of world building exercises are cool and they've got some neat little easter eggs worked in as i flick through i'm seeing is it on page i don't know depending on how you you number them yeah, page can't... three or four there yep. are two helicopters under wraps the one in the background is the night attack helicopter, which is right. a spy troops toy from like the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. in the foreground looks a hell of a lot like Airwolf. It does. Yeah, it does. Hey? That'd be wicked. That would be yeah. pretty cool if like the retired Airwolf helicopter found its way into G.I. Joe's vehicle yeah. inventory. Okay, someone out there who does customs, get on that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, please. My favourite line of dialogue is actually a couple of pages forward. It's Hawk, and um, he says he was sworn to total ultra-secrecy. <laughs> Not just total secrecy, total ultra-secrecy. I mean, jeepers, what is that? Uh, Fleer that's some, ultra. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's some proper need-to-know shit right there. Yeah, 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 adjective, adjective. And, and that segues nicely to the Phantom X-19 being catapulted up the ramp and into the sky. Yes. Love me some, some, some phantom action. But it does bring into question how the hell did they deploy fighters or interceptors before? Because yes. they're going on about this catapult ejection system as something new that's part of this kind of the new functions that the, the Pit 3 seems to have. Yeah. But like I say, I mean, they definitely had phantoms and sky strikers and, and jets, fast jets uh, yeah. headquartered beneath the sands in utah how did they launch them before did well, they have to like elevate them to the desert floor and then have like a i don't know a sort of a hidden runway on the desert itself overall it felt a little underwhelming in terms of all these new reveals about mm. what the pit was because in the back of my head my imagination was kind of thinking well they had all this stuff anyway 
I'm sure a lot of this stuff was secreted down in the lower levels of the pit anyway, so it just didn't feel like a holy moly moment in terms of look what they can do now because I just assumed they had all these capabilities like you said they were able to launch jets previously so what's the big deal buddy they were able to launch space shuttles yeah I mean yeah, yeah. like the pit before all these so-called you know taking the, the the hidden features out of mothballs like long before that the pit had all these capabilities anyways yeah but anyway there's actually anyway. a post box the pit letter in a, a future issue referring back to this point okay asking like how does gi joe um fund their expensive defiant launch complex for what little use that it gets and larry (laughs) just kind of puts that down saying like it's pretty tough to work that into a story actually yes yes. you know unless you're going to devote the story to a space adventure yeah and also did he in the next few issues use the defiant maybe to uh, (laughs) give it some more i don't know i don't know when did pale peony get granted all this joe access and be able to just drive a vehicle into the pit as well i'm pretty sure she's still a semi bad guy isn't she or not the last time she had dealings with gi joe she was working with sarana and road pig and they had tunnel rat as their prisoner so yeah chief you called it buddy pale peony being allowed into the pit unfettered access yeah just because she's shacked up with jinx I mean, I'm getting some uh, some big, uh, what's it, Thelma and Louise vibes from that uh, couple. Yeah, they're riding around, waving at everyone, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, driving fast, uh, cracking through the wise, desert. through the desert, yeah. And where's the alarm system here for the pit? Pretty state-of-the-art, but this car manages to drive up unbeknownst to anyone. You know, they say, oh, what's this vehicle coming down the road here? And next thing you know, that it's there, but no alarms triggered, no, no mobile pop-up defence uh, armaments triggered. Yeah, after they hyped all these sophisticated countermeasures <laughs> into surveillance equipment. Yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 something else, man. Yeah, and like Outback's just waving him through. <laughs> I gave the lower checkpoints the heads up, Jinx. You and Pale Peony are good to go. He's even on like first name basis with this yeah. this chick. Even though this Crazy. could be Zorana. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, a couple of issues previously, she was wearing Zorana's clothing. So you're absolutely right, man. This could be a deep infiltration move. What's your general views on... uh, It's not even an issue. It's not even a a thing. But this issue, Larry name-checks pretty much every Joe that's on the page. So when they skid down, you know, say hey to Dusty and Frostbite. Um, And then I think later on, there's reference to when they go to uh, Storm Shadow's dojo and each member of the team... Oh, he talks about uh, Muskrat, and then he says it was quite a good dojo in its day, long range. And then someone else mm. says, lock still door, Alpine. So is that purely just to remind readers who everyone is? Or is it maybe the 201st issue? So maybe new readers have jumped on to give new readers an idea of who's who? Chief, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like the writing staff and the art staff trying to tell the readership that, look, we still know who these guys are. Right. They're, they're trying to um, reassure us that yeah. they're on top of the roster because we know who these guys are. Yeah. Like, the, the readership of this book, I think, are pretty much the diehard G.I. Joe fans. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's easier to misplace characters like this as opposed to a book like the Avenger of the X-Men or the JLA where if you see a character in panel 
you don't need to name check it because I know what Aquaman looks like. I know what the Flash looks like. I know what Wonder Woman looks like. Whereas here, potentially some of these characters who, like you said, haven't been seen for a long time, you know, if they're a smallish figure on the panel, sometimes it might not be as easy to reference who that character is. Although having said that, looking at all the images, like you said, I'm pretty sure diehard fans will easily be able to say name check all the characters without the the help from the narration bubble yeah chief i'm just going to stick with my guns and say that it's like as i say the creative staff on the book like yeah. just saying we know who these guys are okay yep. don't don't yep. jump down their throats we we know yeah. who each of these characters yeah. are <laughs> yeah well, one thing that did make sense as i said previously all these improvements and features of the pit felt a bit underwhelming what did make sense finally they've acknowledged that we need more bases so they've said let's get a small headquarters in san francisco and new york which makes sense and probably should have been implemented a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You can't be a fast response action team if all your team is based in Utah. But do you think that perhaps reactivating old bases is the best way to go? Um, <laughs> it's like Cobra moving back to Cobra Island or Springfield for that matter. Yeah. It's like, oh, the Joes haven't seen us in our old uh, hood in a long time. I, I, I bet they've forgotten. What yeah. about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, it's a nice touch. I, I, I will always have a fondness, as most Joe fans will, for the original pit. Just that location, uh, the neatness of it. Apparently, there was actually a base, right? A Fort Wadsworth base. I don't. I think it's been decommissioned. Okay. But it would be really neat as a Joe fan to just stroll around yeah, the man. grounds. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. We do need to probably just chat uh, maybe briefly or not so briefly about the sneak peek bit where he goes to the care home to retrieve the remains of his of his dead mother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. As with a lot of these scenes where it's kind of tugging on emotions, Larry does maybe overly lean into new characters having some kind of military background. So we find out that the funeral director was a Marine. And that seems to be something he does quite a lot. I'm not saying it's overused, but it feels like we see that quite a lot from Larry. Is that fair to say or not? Yeah, sure. And, and it's, it's something that I, I... A sentiment that is very evident in American society about respecting veterans and their kind of being a band of brothers. And even as a civilian who's never had any kind of military service in my life... Uh, it does tug at my heartstrings. I, I have a lot of respect for these sequences. Yeah, yeah. That, like, there's an understanding. There's a kind of a, a gentleman's code amongst yeah. men and women who've served, and they get it. And sneak peek situation is something that a veteran would understand. That it's like, there's certain things that you can't disclose about your service. Well, there's certain things that I can't disclose about my service, and I, I cannot give you proof of of my whereabouts or or my my link to this woman but it's my mother and i'd really like to take possession of the body please like it's it's hard man it's a it's a hard scene and 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 well played so no i i quite like it chief why did it did it bug you is it is it a recurring motif that you've grown tired no no no, maybe a little bit but i i I thought he it was I thought it was done well. I thought, you know, it is good writing and, you know, seeing the emotion from Sneak Peek is good and It's nice that a downtime issue like this has some serious emotional content to it. Yeah. Yeah, most Because, definitely. you know, what was so nice about obviously uh, like chimney sweepers come to dust is 
it deals with three laying to rests. You know, the big pomp and ceremony for General Flag, yep. the very personal moment for Quinn and Snake Eyes, yeah. and then the very like, like almost arbitrary um, and and pauper's burial for Doctor Venom. Just these three tiers of like military royalty, close personal friendship, and then uh, irredeemable baddie who who got his comeuppance. Like yeah. here we have only one death, but like perhaps the most personal of all. It's the death of a mother and one who like fell into senility while her boy was basically KIA and off the books. Sneak peek for a character that's maligned for being a forgotten dead Joe has now redeemed himself as being like this kind of emotional center to the book. Yeah, I think it's good placement in this issue and as part of the run as well because we obviously had the the kind of balls to the wall issue 200 battle which is a lot of take your phrase a lot of pomp and ceremony of cobra commander actually being a blue ninja or a cbx unit and all that kind of over-the-top fighting stuff we've got a down i still here. think that was a decoy okay okay yeah 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 in spite of your arguments about uh cobra and uh, revanche not having their well obviously not having their alliance by then uh cobra had some pretty sophisticated um ai and and battle and like they produced a, a character called Overkill, who was an advanced battle android trooper. Okay. Far too expensive to uh, field en masse. But they, they left the prototype as an active member of Cobra yep. to act as a sort of a bat leader. Yes. So, and, and look, I mean, I know Trimpy's work might step outside of Harmer canon, but like... I mean, you and Chris poked fun at it at the time, and I was once again screaming into my radio. But uh, <laughs> issue one one nine by Herb Trimpey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where they have those like robot impersonation um, robots. Yeah. Yep. Robot impersonation. Those impersonation robots. They're all um, those, like that, the Nick Fury LMDs, life model decoys. Basically, yeah, and like, what was it? Um, they had. Uh, they had Reagan, Shit. didn't they, and Bush? Was it Ra- and, uh, no, it was Bush right. and... Um, uh, Idi Amin, was have... it, or something, or Saddam Hussein? Oh, who's the boxing promoter with the white hair? Oh, Don, Don King. Don King, yeah. Like, and there's, there was some, some military general of the time with, like, reject stamped across his head. Yeah. And just to round out my point, I mean, the Cobra Commander decoy was in play against the Blue Ninja. Right, okay, issue 179, that's, right, okay. That's my belief, man. Okay, all right, fine. You know, throwing himself in front of RPGs, there's your explanation right there. And they even go into it in in the old, uh, the issue, issue 200, um, Cobra Commander's like, did you reset the the loquacious, I forget the exact word, but like it's it's about um, the fact that that decoy uh, has a tendency to speak too much during combat. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and Mindbender's like, no, we didn't have time to reset those protocols. Yeah. So, yeah. Very wordy combat. <laughs> yeah. One bit I didn't understand was the roadblock bit in this issue. So, Rock and Roll's bringing him some fried egg sandwiches. Out from behind the screen pops Hawk. And he gives them to Hawk. And he, no, he says, I'll put them with the rest. And you see a big tray, a big pile of sandwiches that people have been bringing him. And I'm not really sure what this scene is trying to tell me. <sighs> that everybody is wishing him well by cooking for him. <laughs> well, no, but when did he get injured? He got injured on the... Was this on the... Sierra Gordo. Sierra Gordo. Uh, yes, yes. The CBXs. They stitched him across the chest with an AK-47. Oh, yes, of course. He just took a, mm. took a chest shot, didn't he? 
But Hawk's just obviously loitering around, <laughs> chatting to him. You'd think Hawk would have better things to do. Like, I'm sure he's a yeah. very busy man. He's overseeing three bases being reactivated. And also, why doesn't Roblox just want to eat these goddamn sandwiches? Just eat the sandwiches, Well, buddy, man. this is a running joke and a new one. Because remember right. Roblox on, on mission to uh, Darklonia? Yeah. He kept offering everyone these uh, fried egg sandwiches. And yes. everyone kept, kept declining. Well, now that everyone's offering him fried egg sandwiches, right. he keeps declining. It's like okay. no one's eating these damn fried egg sandwiches. Okay. Yeah, I missed that. I think this joke falls, falls flat for me. Uh, Big time. Po- pointless two pages in my, in my <laughs> mind. But anyway. Look, at least we're seeing the consequence of Roadblock getting hit. He's yes. in hospital. He's not on active duty. It's not a Falcon situation where, you know, you get shot in the face Two issues later, you're back in the command center yep. giving the orders. Another question for you. In Fort Wadsworth, so the Joes are now NADA, uh, Necrotic Armaments Defense Administration. And who are these guys? Some guys rock up uh, the engineer detachment at Hamilton across the bridge. And they're looking at a plaque or a bit of signage on the wall. Uh, this is the role of honor, the KIAs. And they say it looks like two names got erased so I guess one is Sneak Peek. Who who are they referring? Who's the other name that was presumed dead but now not dead? For the life of me, I can't recall. Okay, mystery. Maybe mystery. something. Yeah, maybe something. Harmon's playing close to the chest, or maybe I'm just being an idiot. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll get that reveal in issue three hundred. <laughs> Someone will just be randomly in the canteen. Oh man. Well, look, we have seen. A character that looked like Crankcase. Right. And also, spoilers, uh, Crankcase is resurrected by mistake oh, in, right. in art and in name in a future issue. And this okay. caused a, a stink recently. So maybe this is like an escape clause that Harmer built into yeah, the run. Yeah, love it. So, love it. So he could bring anyone back if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is placeholder. This like mysterious other resurrected Joe. Very cool. <laughs> just, yeah, just in case I slip up again. Yeah, yeah. Um, this issue actually has postbox that appear in it. Mm-hmm. And one guy, I just want to read out one letter here. Uh, Dear Larry and team, may I humbly request casualties. I know G.I. Joe is a fantasy, but some deaths would help show the conflict isn't just fun and games. Okay. What an and asshole. Then he goes on to what say... What does this guy know? Yeah, then he goes on to say, new recruits, Mercer, Copperhead, any Cobras that could please replace Dr. Mindbender. Okay, like, interesting. He wants people to die? Um, yeah. There's been a huge death count. Yeah, is this guy yeah. smoking something? Uh, and his last one is, I'd love some more uh, speciality vipers. I love Cobra troops, all of them. And that is Matt Lone Wolf Cashel. And Larry said, there will be a character death very, very soon. The character deaths in every issue by my count. <laughs> I mean, even this one where no shots are fired, like Sneak Peek's mother's dead. I mean, come on, come on. Yeah. I don't know. Phrase it so poorly as well. May I humbly request casualties? Yeah, that's bad. Gross. I'm sorry. Let me not shit all over this guy, but I, I have to. I mean, Chief, wh- you read it out. Where, where were you going with that? No, it was just an interesting. I just thought it was it was an interesting letter for IDW to print, and well, douchebag. Sorry, Matt Cashel, if you're a listener of Talking Joe, uh, feel free to come at me, man. But uh, I think you're out of line, pal. There have been plenty of casualties. Yeah, Chief, yeah. what do you think of uh, Hawk being a brunette? Where's this? 
Well, there's an inset on the letters page, but throughout this issue, he's oh, a brunette and uh, quite a nicely oh, yeah, yeah. receded hairline. I mean, he's definitely yeah. looking his age. He's looking more distinguished. I've got no problem with that. Good. Yeah, yeah. My first uh, and favorite Hawk action figure had brown hair. Yeah, that's um, fine. I, that's... I, I, I would always say his hair was brown anyway. I, that, would be, that would be my go-to response or preferred look anyway. So, hmm. uh, ish, Can we go to issue 202? <laughs> By all means, unless you want yeah. to make it a one-issue uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, issue 202, Z- page 2, Zorana is clearly dead. That is a broken yeah. neck, man, surely. I thought we were watching a PSA at this point. I was like, geez, always remember your helmet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then time. Roadblock, he gets backed over by a truck. He should be dead as well. Uh, anyway, definitely anyway. applying some uh, comic book physics here. I mean, if Zorana's not dead, at the very least, she's got road rash all over her face and her cleavage. Yes. Like, she's going to be wide open, bro. So torn the, to pieces. The deal here is some, and actually, are the there's two ladies in a car, and they've kind of ambushed Zorana and Road Pig, and really put a heavy smackdown on both of them. And they smash her on the back of the head and knock her out. And they said <laughs> they say she should thank us for giving her anesthesia before dragging her on a broken femur. I mean, are these who are these two females? Is it? I've read the issue. Actually, yesterday, not even today. But I'm not even <laughs> sure, are they name-checked or referenced anywhere else in the issue? Or are they just two random Cobra operatives? No and no. And they're not name-checked or referenced. I mean, if, if my memory serves, they are one-and-done characters. Okay. They're just totally brutal, totally yeah. out-of-left-field Cobra female agents yeah. who look dead sexy but are ruthless as all hell. And they just disappear into the ether. I remember when I first read this, not liking the sequence for its extreme, like, gratuitous violence and, like, unrealistic violence. Like, it's so hardcore, like, it would definitely kill Zoran and Roadpig. Yes. These situations are always supposedly created in ways where a human being could, by some miracle, survive. You know, like... A grenade goes off in front of you. You you manage to scramble for cover in time. It's conceivable you'll you'll make it. You'll have some hearing loss, <laughs> um, but you could survive. Here, this just the level of violence meted out on these two characters. I'm like, nah, man. It's this a bit is, too much. It's a superhero book at this point because it's something we haven't seen. Had it have occurred in a Cobra IDW Cobra book. Then, well, then know, there would be bloodshed to the point where you would have casualties. Then, but it might have been more, you know, at place. It might have been a home for it, maybe. But in in mm. the regular book, it just feels a little bit out of place. What they've <laughs> what 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 their mo is, I guess they've they've kidnapped Zorana for the purpose of blackmailing Zartan to say, if you want Zorana alive still, you need to dispatch Destro. Is that that's correct, hmm. isn't it? Yeah, that's stitches yeah. together. Sure. And what what's ultimately cobra commander's motive there for wanting destro dead i don't know man but he should sick these two females on destro <laughs> yeah forget about zartan <laughs> get these yeah, two ladies exactly. on him zartan has been kind of ineffectual of late yep. um so yeah these these girls know how to get it done yeah love the scene of cobra commander in the dentist chair with mind bending <laughs> <laughs> yeah man he's still rocking the same like mufti <laughs> That he yeah. uh, that he got out of that uh, that closed down shopping mall. Yeah, love back that scene. in gosh, what was it in the fifties of the run? Fifty five, I think, unmasked. Yeah, you're incredible, chief. Wow, well done. 
Uh, yeah, and uh, I remember a while back, Cobra Commander, when he was saying, now is the time for us to press forward, I think, when they were exiting the pit. Uh, but now mm-hmm. he's saying all our agents are going to be going into, into hiding, into deep cover. So what does he want to do? Does he want to press forward or does he want to go into sleeper agent territory? I'm not sure. Which is something that his, Cobra's agenda has always been, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. he's making these statements in these scenes like it, like he's saying something new. I think Cobra Commander's gone a little bit delirious. Yeah, yeah, I think he at has. At this point. Yeah. He's like he's yeah. he's patched the same scheme so many times. He's forgotten that those those original schemes are still in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just we just keep on treading out the same same old same old. I don't know, man. I've been infected by Chris's uh, his lament <laughs> in yes. uh, in episode eighty that we are seeing a continual going back to the well, which is unfortunate because I look at my desk, Chief, and on my desk I see a myriad of wonderful toys each with a story to be told, and not many of them having had that story told. I pick up a figure called Targat, and oh, forgive yeah. me, I'm going to try and remember the acronym off uh, out of memory, but is he the Trans-Atmospheric Global Assault Trooper? Something like that. Or Re-Entry Assault Trooper. Regardless, I was thinking about this guy today, thinking, holy shit, these dudes are Destro's guys, but they must be, I mean, it must be a job title that just attracts the biggest adrenaline junkies in the world. Yep. I don't know if you remember back in 2012 when that dude sponsored by Red Bull basically fell out of low orbit. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. that's these guys. That's these guys. They free fall from space. And not only do they do that which is something worthy of the Guinness Book of Records anyway, in the the annals of like extreme human achievement. But then they go on to wage war, to assault a target, to engage in combat once they're on the ground. Like, that's mind-blowing stuff, and that would make for a great miniseries. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I'm on board there. Tell a story about the target. Let's do it. Let's start the petition. It's an opportunity for some amazing visuals. I mean... Imagine the sequence of like descending from the what's it the upper atmosphere? Yeah, low orbit, basically, the playground of satellites and yeah. space shuttles. Wicked, Jeez. wicked, so wicked, man! The um, edge of space yeah. with the target. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Let's get a, let's get a story on that guy. Expensive is what they are. Jeez. <laughs> Interesting to hear that we uh, GI Joe have entered some kind of agreement or a deal with MI five. Um, hmm. which is a, a, a UK operation. Uh, UK <laughs> I love the fact that they detachment. have problems with uh, surveillance within the United States, but uh, MI5, their powers are unrestrained. Yes. I yes. mean, this, this issue is, what, 2014, am I right? Correct. So the Patriot Act would have been deactivated by then. Right. So the kind of expanded surveillance powers that the US government had after 9-11 had been kind of scaled back. Yeah. So this is very much like Larry kind of incorporating that in comic books. And I like that. It's a it's a real world concern. G.I. Yes. Joe, in spite of them being these super ultra top secret hush hush elite guys, they're still restrained by the rule of law yeah. and illegal surveillance is a no no. And this is this is just purely to spy on Destro, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Cobra for that matter. You know, and if Cobra. Cobra now kind of dissolve Rancho Corbra and then kind of re-enter society. Yes. G.I. Joe would have to get 
surveillance warrants on on individuals. We have a new Larry Harmerism. Oh, play that jingle. Play that jingle. <laughs> I'm hearing the same things over and over again. It's like we're trapped, incarcerated, locked down in a bind, stuck in a prism. Hey, what you talking about, Chief? It's just a Larry Harmerism. So, in issue 201, we heard when the the stealth fighter launched, he was going to do a a racetrack pattern of flight. And here, Scarlet says about the drone, it's pre-programmed to fly a racetrack pattern. So, Larry just lifting an exact phrase he used one issue prior um, and sticking it in this one. So, there's a new Larry Harmerism for you. Mm-hmm. Racetrack yep. pattern with a sucking chest wound. Yeah, there you go. Twenty Mike Mike <laughs> on the guns. <laughs> um, but this drone, which is disguised as a bird of prey, uh, is not well disguised well enough to fool Destro or the Baroness because he spots that puppy. Um, he actually says that falcon circulating above us is not peregrinating correctly at all. Uh, it's flying. <laughs> pa- it's flying pattern exactly like a military aircraft on combat air patrol. Blam, and he shoots it down. Hmm. So no more racetrack patterns, please, for anyone flying drones. <laughs> get your dictionaries, kids. Yeah, get your peregrination Peregrinating correct. correctly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, I I laugh now, but uh, the real reason why I speak such highfalutin English is because of Mr. Larry Harmer. <laughs> man schooled me. I was poring over his crazy words since the you age of it. eight. You got it. Um, on that next page, after Baroness and Destro have shot down that bird, you see Zartan with the... Comp- Very expensive drone. <laughs> Even down to, like, the authentic yeah. feathers. You see Zartan with the compound bow. Do you like Zartan's kind of underhood Batman cowl? <laughs> he's got it's the first time I've noticed it. Yeah, man, those aren't facial tattoos or anything of that no. the sort. It seems he does have a... Yeah, dude, it does look like Bale. Yeah. Yep. Except the nose is peeking out a little bit. Like his fleshy bit, nose. That's clearly not a shadow or anything, is it? That is clearly an underhood mask of some variety. True, true, true. Yeah. It's at this point which I'd like to point out that Zartan used a bow to frame up Storm Shadow. Correct. He used a bow with an arrow that he retrieved from that squirrel that got shot through the wall. Yes. Right? Bam. It was a frame up job. That's why he used bow and arrow. Yes. But ever since then, it has become canonically his weapon of choice. He used it to stalk Ripcord. He used it to kill Serpentor. But I don't know if I'm on on side with that. It was a means to an end in the assassination of the Hardmaster. Has any of his action figures come with that weapon? Uh, Yes, but not the classic one. It clearly wasn't part of his kind of character spec early on. No. He came with a sort of a laser pistol. But... uh, the bow find its way into his Ninja Force uh, action figure. The sort of wicked, cool, lime green pants and orange mohawk Zartan. Have you ever seen this action figure in your life, Yeah, Chief? yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, yep. cool. So he did have a bow. But then again, it was a accessory tree bow. So you had to clip it off the tree. This is like a cost-cutting measure where G.I. Joe's stopped coming with unique weapons. Right. They just came with generic trees of weapons that you'd have to cut off the plastic sprues yep so it never felt like it was specifically his bow in fact it was a re remold of uh, storm shadow version 2's bow yeah so i don't know man it's never really kind of jived with with my idea of zartan that he's always armed with a bow i mean he would have been able to take the shot on destro had he had a high-powered rifle yes and i imagine zartan equally at home 
with a high-powered rifle. Of course. Hell, even Storm Shadow unpacks a sniper rifle in issue 24, The Commander Escapes. Right. And the the Arusha Kage shun modern firearms. But he, Um, you know, it was a means to an end, and he's a killer. There you go. Before we talk about the best the, the best row the the baroness <laughs> zartan rumble in the castle very very quickly we hear about uh, a guy road pig in the hospital and they reference him as donald kalikak we have reason to believe he's really donald deluca ah. we've never actually heard donald's full name in the comic before but i wonder what he was referenced as on the file card maybe uh donald deluca right okay okay yeah, man. Uh, we've had his, his first name name dropped. Yes. In distinguishing him from Road Pig persona and Donald persona. But this Donald Kalikak, is that, I suppose it's a... An alias, yeah. An alias, of course. Yeah. Um, back in Scotland, I love the whole of this scene from the first page it starts where you've got Destro in his command centre and he's got his hands out and he's got all these glowing yellow kind of holographic tech... Uh, mm. screens that he's, that he's <laughs> keying stuff onto love all that he's tony stark in it that's it he's tony stark in it up and then you've got uh, robbie mcleod has come in uh, but he's not limping correctly so obviously we've got zartan and then you know it plays out buddy this comes back to me saying that zartan is inept yeah he he cannot fool destro or the baroness anymore nope. like whether it's back in um was it trucial abysmia trying to, like, pretend to be a, an Iron Grenadier. And Des was like, your Scottish accent sucks, Sartan. Get out of here. Yep, yep. And now he fails to see something as obvious as a character's limp. Like, I'm a hack actor, and I can still, you know, notice when someone has a physical defect. Hey, you're no hack, Come man. on. Come on. Well, you'll um, never know now, Chief. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, love all this bit where he's coming up the stairs, and he's talking about, you know this sinister turret because it's built to advantage of left-handed defenders love that yeah love all that stuff love Um, yeah a little bit of like technical detail dropping we live for moments like that with with larry's work yeah oh this is just so cool man this is this sort of european sword play what is it called i don't know european martial arts or hema is what they call it sometimes but is it okay the it's sort of the, the short sword or the, the dagger and right. the, I, I watch, the rapier. I watch, a, I basically, I have two weeks off every four years or 16 days off every two, every four years to watch the Olympics. And I take the mm. whole time off work and I watch it from like 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. at night. And I watch everything and, you know, <laughs> not this year, wa- watched, not. watched a lot of fencing. And there's three different blades in the fencing. There's the foil, the saber and the epee. And mm. so, you know, I'm trying to determine what kind. I think this is the saber that they've got here. And the style of combat with the two blades, like, it, you know, you, it's obviously distinguished from sword and buckler. Yes. But, you know, it's got the same same concept of, of blocking with the one blade and attacking with the Striking other. I imagine, the other, yeah, yeah. yeah, you want to you wanna use the, the blade with the reach to kind of disengage the opponent's blade and then go for the, the stab with the, the short dagger. I, I don't know. Obviously, my sword fighting days were brief in number. (laughs) But this is so cool, Chief. And the art seems to be so exciting as well. Just the lighting effect. He's he's come alive here, hasn't he? The flame on the sort of the brazier or the the torch. Zartan's like the effect that he uses to change from McLeod to to Zartan is so cool because it enshrouds him in shadow. You know, it's not overly cartoonish. 
I recall, like, back in the early days, the approaches to Zartan's illusions being kind of, like, done with bubbles and weird shapes and colours. But this is subtle, and I love it. Yep, yep, it's good stuff, it's good stuff. And the whole scene kind of plays out and ends with Destro taking off his mask and kind of handing it to Zartan because <laughs> only after Baroness thoroughly hands Zartan yeah. his ass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What what are they going to do at that stage? They, Zartan's defeated almost and what are they going to do with him? But Destro ever the schemer and planner, you know, he could just throw Zartan in the dungeon or kick him out or even kill him because of the Iron Grenadiers have popped in now guns trained on Zartan. Destro can do with him what he will, but you know, he says, you know, what degree of proof does Cobra Commander demand? It is much more difficult to transport severed heads on international flights these days, you know. Not a good <laughs> gag. Uh, he wants your mask, then he shall have it. So, you know, there you go. He hands it over. So interesting to see how that's going to play out and what Destro's plans are. And then the last page, we cut back to Zorana, who is now awake and Mindbender's leaning over and she's trying to instill the fear of God in Mindbender by saying, Donald slash Roadpig, who was in hospital, broken legs, broken ribs, he is going to stop at nothing to get me back. So, um, lordy, there we go. And healing yeah, factor. I, I've got as I turn over, I've got the cover to the next issue, and it's an absolute corker. <laughs> <laughs> I I never uh, look ahead, but I'm going to do myself the the service and and have a well. A laugh I didn't with I you. didn't look ahead. It's just that I've now in I'm I'm reading this in a new oh, of custom course, you're in bind. Your bind. I'm reading, oh, a, yeah. I'm reading a new custom Jeez. bind starting with issue 201 and in this bind I started including postbox to the pit letters which I hadn't done previously and on the other side of the postbox to the pit letter of issue 202 it's printed the cover to next issue so I'm not actually looking at the cover to next issue it's a, right. it's a, it's a preview of it but it's, it's, a, it's a lovely one, I love it <laughs> Worth a laugh Yes, yes uh, In conclusion, nice touch uh, the references to the previous invasions of Cobra on Castle Destro. Uh, that Destro recalls the time when a bunch of Cobra Commander's fake gypsies tried to Ah, invade. that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Which was issue 87. Yeah, Tony Salmon Art. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Marmite once again. Yep. But not to be confused with issue 116. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was Assault on Castle Destro. Yes. The second instance is Destro Must Die. Yes. Both of them involve similar assaults on the Castle Destro, the sort of hide in plain sight, move yeah. Cobra assets into position. Yeah. That was the return of Rod Wiggum and our art duties as well for those ones. Oh, it? really? Yeah, that's right. Stunning. Yeah, man, I really love the detail in that issue. Jeez. The, yeah. No one draws tomahawks and Cobra transport helicopters like... Mr. Wiggum, yep, definitely. Yep. Can we Yojo 201 as a solo issue and then wait to see where 202 plays out? Sure, yeah. 201's okay. a, a 7 out of 10 kind of issue for me. Let me mark that down on the pad. 7 Yojo Colas. Oh, uh, no. I actually need to need to kind of moderate my scores. Okay. Um, this, this is a departure from the lofty highs of the Red Shadows and Chuckles Goes Ballistic. So... Yep. It's 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 actually going to be a six. Okay, Chief is coming in with six point five. Six point five. Okay, kind of, we're kind of of the same mind there. I mean, they're just things that are like kind of loosey goosey about it. Pale Peony is a yeah. big one, I must say. Yep. The redeeming factor is uh, for me the Mrs. King is dead 
sequence. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Good stuff. We will be covering 203, 204 on next episode. But right now, we need to talk about toys. Steve talks about toys. Ho, ho. Steve talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Steve talks about toys. Steve talks about toys. Steve talks about toys. Steve talks about toys. What you got up your sleeve, F's Jobs? What you gonna guess, Chief? What you gonna guess? Oh, yeah. Chief has to guess. So looking at these two issues, I think we've had Roadblock before. Ooh, Spirit played quite a big part here. Um, he is in the shortlist, Spirit Iron Knife. Well, he played a part, I guess, in the, the opening of 201, which we didn't really talk about. Uh, ooh, who else have we got? Have we spoken about Zorana? I don't think Zorana's made an appearance on this show. Spirit or Zorana, I'm going with Zorana. Hmm. You're in the right faction you're even okay. in the right family okay um could it be as simple as v1 zartan bingo and then i may need to run over to my toy box <gasps> you've got v1 zartan no, I, I, I don't know i can't remember it's what i'm saying I, I i don't look in the box and we are going to do a special on talking joe where i am not doing any more digging around i am just gonna get the box in front of me me and s jobs will start a live not a live video feed but we'll, we'll do a video recording of me just having the box opening it up putting my hand in pulling out stuff and s jobs can talk me through the figures or we'll talk about the figures or he'll he'll i'll put the camera on the box and he'll say left left right right like one <laughs> of those things you get in the arcade with the grabber you put oh. your 50p in and it goes left right and you try and down and grab grab a toy that uh, so is we'll do that out we'll of control that. cool dude uh for the yeah. listener's benefit uh chief has not given me any kind of inside info on on this other than chief's toy box or treasure box or whatever. So so the fact that I'm going to be directing your grabbing claw, that's yeah. so cool, Chief. Rad. Yeah. You're hearing it you're hearing it as the first time as the listeners. So yeah. mm, mm, in on the mm. in on the ground floor everyone. So I don't know if you want to have a scratch or you want to leave it uh, No, best. let's leave it. I'm not going to I'm not going to look in the box. Good. I hope your nostalgia for this figure is strong because mine certainly is. Yes. Master of Disguise, codename Zartan. File name unknown. Aliases, too numerous to list. Birthplace, unknown. Zartan can alter his skin colour at will to blend in with his environment. He's also a master of makeup and disguise, a ventriloquist, a linguist, over 20 languages and dialects, an acrobatic contortionist, and a practitioner of several mystic martial arts. Very little is known of his background and origins, but most security agencies agree that he must have had European military academy training, probably sincere. Psychological profile, extreme paranoid schizophrenic, grows into various multiple personalities to such an extent that the original personality becomes buried and forgotten. What a fascinating character portrait that paints. Yes, now I know he is one of your faves. Buddy, if not your fave. It is my fave. I mean, he is a, such a great story yet to be told. Let's yep. be perfectly it's, frank. You can do anything with him, really, can't you? And his psychological instability is something that has been swept under the rug. Like, he seems to be very much together and with it. We never see the cracks in his mask. But then again, he's never been given a spotlight, an adequate spotlight. Yeah. 
You know, he's a supporting character in the big mythology of the Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow, Arashikage Dojo world, and the kind of the the origins of Cobra. But he only plays bit parts. We never see insight into Zartan. The roster's just too big at this stage. Here I am trying to make arguments for writing miniseries about targets, and we've got like a superstar, like legacy character like Zartan, who is still a fucking iceberg, man. And I'm not talking yeah. about 1986 iceberg, if you please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. what a toy as well. Okay, aside from the fact that he's a vehicle driver, came with a sort of yes. l- a personal vehicle, he just is a fascinating loadout of equipment. And features, yep. action features that don't interfere with the classic O-ring G.I. Joe construction to a point. I'll get into that. But okay, let me just yes. count the features first. Yes, please. Okay, removable armor portions or, or pads or uh, holographic hollow, projectors, hollow, yep. if you want to call yep. them that, uh, which is something quite new for G.I. Joe back in 1984. The fact that you could remove pieces of a, a figure's actual clothing, attire, that had some mystique to it. But then the fact that there were transparent panels set into those armor portions, which then you could apply color-changing stickers to. Mind-blowing. Okay, so that's a, a whole slew of features already. The figure's skin changes color in the sun, so it is photochromatic. As opposed yep. to uh, changing color according to temperature, which I think is uh, thermochromatic. Yeah. Yes. So there's a distinction there to be drawn. And for some reason, it's such a sturdy mechanism that to this day, my Zartans still are able to do it. Whereas I look at uh, my Eco Warriors figures, which have battle damage, which apparently is supposed to uh, go brighter in cold water. But that, that stuff is broken man it is fubar <laughs> it, it yeah. never disappears it's always no. present so zartan whatever they used that, that plastic is incredible it also has a kind of a more rubbery feel it's less brittle uh, i imagine his thumbs are less breakable as a result he has the jesus visage i mean yeah you know why impersonate mcleod you could just impersonate uh, the messiah and, and yeah. just waltz into Castle Destro, assuming, you know, Destro's devout. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's an interesting look. And one that, I mean, okay, there are limitations in play. They couldn't kind of create a, an actual face mask, like Mission Impossible style. But no. it's not a bad approximation. The commercial no. is particularly hilarious, where Zartan puts on this mask, and the Joes who have been pursuing him up to this point are like, Hey, man, hey, mister, where's Zartan? Zartan? I don't know any Zartan. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, and the backpack opens up to reveal the the face mask. So one could play that is his, like, once again, Mission Impossible-esque face-making technology. Neat doodad. And for my money, he's got the second best pistol the classic G.I. Joe run ever yielded. Oh, wow. Surpassed only by Destro's classic piece. Yep, yep. Chief, your memories about Zartan, if you please. Yeah, had him pretty much straight away. So as soon as that was released in the UK, remember getting that. Your uh, chameleon must have had the Action Force stickering. So it had kind of like orange and red striping. 
correct? Yes. Cool. Yep. Um, did it change color in the sun? The vehicle? I think it did. I think it did. I think it changed shades of green, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Had that, love that, love that figure. Can't remember having the gun that long. I think that probably got lost very early on, unfortunately. Too bad, buddy. Yes, yes. But loved the construction of the swamp skimmer with the, the fact that, you know, the, the rear skis could change from kind of long to short. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was an intentional feature. I think that was just Chief being industrious and rearranging the clips. No, I thought the clips I thought the clips had like a, a, a hinge joint on them. No? Chief, on this All score, right. you know more than me, pal. I've never All owned right. a chameleon. Yeah. I could I could be wrong. Might still have it. Might still have the it. The vehicle itself was designed to be broken down. Alright, I, I am actually gonna go and have a look. Now you've intrigued I've got oh, to go to the toy box. Right on, right on. He's an evil master of disguise. Introducing Zartan. Zartan changes color in sunlight. There's Zartan. He's escaping in the chameleon. Let's go get him. Yo, Joe. But Zartan has a disguise. Where's Zartan? I don't know any Zartan. Zartan changes color in sunlight and Zartan comes with the chameleon. Other figures and equipment each sold separately from Hasbro. So basically what I'm saying is I have found a swamp skimmer ah. uh, in my box it's got a radioactive sticker on the back like a, <laughs> cool. a yellow triangle uh, anyway suffice to say that was the first thing at the top of the box so i didn't look through the box too hard that picture has now or oh, that video is now sent so mm-hmm. have, a, have a look at that oh he's playing it <laughs> man groundhog day Chief, she looks she looks to be in beautiful shape, man. Uh, just no, missing the, the handlebars, the handlebars missing, yeah. of course, but they might be in the box somewhere. Maybe, maybe. Cool. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, it's it's quite a fragile piece, so the fact that she's actually looking intact, uh, it's a credit yeah. to the way you played, man. You definitely took a lot of respect with your toys. And yeah. I can see your exposed legs. You definitely aren't wearing uh, trousers, <laughs> my friend. Um, what do you think of the uh, uh, the chameleon signature kind of sticker? Nice touch? Nice touch. Never really kind of looked at it until now till you've kind of pointed mm. it out. It was just, it was just, when I was a kid, it was just a sticker I placed on the vehicle. You'll see a better image of it in the box art. It's like a, yes. a, a, a sort of tiger stripe chameleon riding a lightning bolt nice. yeah <laughs> strong it's crazy man what a yeah, what yeah. and 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 it's a sort of a one and done design it's not like a cobra symbol or a joe symbol no. like this is so unique and then just forgotten to the mists yeah. of time and in, interesting i know the the backpack with the the face mask i know that was kind of zartan's thing in a way but that could have easily been adapted to other characters interesting that that well and again i could be speaking out of turn because i don't know everything about the toys by any means you better tell me in but for me my knowledge interesting that i never saw other figures with kind of face masks you could put over their faces or even the color changing stuff it seemed to be isolated just to that figure ah well about the color changing feature you're wrong there because okay it's something that his family share in Oh, common. right, okay, didn't know that. I never had any other member of his Zartan, family. Zartan, Zorana, and Xandar, they all have the ability to turn blue in sunlight. Oh. Something that was omitted on the cartoon series and the comic book 
but the toys definitely made it genetic, you know? Clearly, this family's okay, so lineage... so when you say turn blue, do you mean the, the flesh parts of the character? Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. A few interesting things to note about Zartan in terms of the color change feature. For some reason, they saw fit to fuse the body halves together. So, unscrewing Zartan, Zorana, or Xandar will have no effect. You would have to get in with a blade and cut the adhesive or sonic weld or whatever they use to jam those two halves together, you'd have to cut through that to take them apart in order to replace the O-ring. Troublesome. I have done it on a Zorana, and the Xandar that was recently sent to me apparently is the recipient of a rubber band transfusion after a bisection. (laughs) Right, okay. So he's been cracked open, which is good to know because he is tight now. Wonderful. <laughs> the other interesting thing to note historically is that the references on Zartan's original file card to him being a paranoid schizophrenic caused a huge palaver in the United States with uh, parents' groups. They were like, What? You're including a mental illness on the biography of a kid's toy. This can't yes. stand. So they excised that from the file card shortly afterwards and it was pulled yep. and replaced with nothing, in fact. The last uh, fun fact on Zartan and their various v- versions. We spoke about his Ninja Force version earlier on in the pod, which you apparently have some dealings with. Fun, fun, fun. I think I think Chris covered that on one of the Toy Talk ones. Oh, yes, he did. Fantastic. Good. Well, I'm glad we, we can bookend uh, with the, the old school. But if you flick forward to 2009 and the movie Rise of Cobra, the mummy, Arnold Forsler, played yes. Zartan. So yes. I am so tickled. That a South African played Zartan. I'm like, yes! <laughs> Very good. Score one for, for SA. Uh, Zartan is an amazing figure and an amazing character and a wealth of possibility that has yet to be explored. Yep, great stuff. Great stuff. That was a really good one. Really good one this week. Uh, enjoyed that. And um, I'm not going to dig into the box to see if I've still got Zartan. We will save that for the video special. And uh, that should be good. That should be a good He's one. licking his chops in anticipation, let me licking tell you. Licking his chops. Oh, toys. Um, listen, toys, toys, Listen, toys. we've talked comics. We've talked toys. We've been inside our, my mind. And now it's time to confuse people because it's time for Commonwealth Colloquialisms, a.k.a. Over Egg in the Pudding. We got a pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna over-egg that pudding Ain't got no criticisms We got some Commonwealth colloquialisms Mate, what's a texter? A texter? T-E-X-T-A It's not going to be someone who's glued to their phone sending text messages. That's too easy. Good one. Texter. This is in in, uh, Australian. Correct. Because you, you gave it to me in that accent. Uh, <laughs> My really crawdaddy, bad Australian accent. That's the one. Yeah, oh, that's the one. Uh, Sorry, Ozzy, I'm butchering your dialect, aren't I? Can you give it, can you give it to me in a sentence or will they give it away? Uh, I suppose. Um, head down to Officeworks and buy a texter. Texter. So that is a mobile phone? Uh, no. Yeah, well, Officeworks would be a stationer's. Right, okay. Ironically, it's a felt-tipped pen or like a permanent oh, marker. A texter. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Learned that the other week. Craziness. Okay. Hit me with one, Chief. 
Mine's actually a phrase mm. rather than a specific word. And again, as I previously stated on other ones, I'm not sure if this is used the world over. It will be easy for you to guess what it is, even if you've never heard it before, but it may still be a colloquialism. Uh, enough with me chatting. I've done enough already. Uh, the, the colloquialism that I'm going to use is as useful as a chocolate teapot. <laughs> that's great i don't know if you've heard that before or it's great no i've never heard that before but i mean the the meaning is you know it's implied anyway um but that is wonderful chief cheese as useless as a chocolate teapot yeah genius (laughs) Uh, also also a variation on that some people say as useful as a chocolate fire guard but i don't know teapot is better for i think teapot is better because it's it's subtler like fire no shit yeah Kind of reminds me of that line of jokes about the the greatest Irish invention, and, and then you could just rattle off like uh, the inflatable dartboard or the polystyrene anchor. Ha <laughs> ha! Hilarious. Um, what what's your next one? What are you bookending me with? Oh, I'm bookending you with. Uh, well, okay. Firstly, I need to clarify something uh, we had yes. last week when Ben asked me about. I'm tuning these chicks. Yes. Like. Yes, it can mean chatting to females, but tuning is one of those words that are so context dependent that right. uh, if you're tuning me, it's probably meaning that you are trying to start a fight with me. You're arguing with me. Like, okay. Don't tune me, bro. That's like, right. don't, don't come at me right now. <laughs> I'm dangerous. Okay, like on your file card. I'm in a, <laughs> I'm a race car and I'm in the red. Right? Where's that from? <laughs> Uh, I'm in the I'm a race car and I'm in the red. No, I don't know. Buddy. Well, you need to ask your pal. It's something that he okay. said once upon a time. Okay. It's a, it's a movie right. quote, I'm sure. I feel like it might be Tom Cruise. Okay. Anyways, um, I was going to go with shot. I don't know if I've had this one before. I'm, I I'm, think you have. I have. Well, in that case, I'll just fall but, back on but, my but master list. As, as with the chief memory, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> no, nah, sorry. Don't care. You're getting a new one. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm compiling, not right now, but I'm compiling a spreadsheet, which is a breakdown of every episode of Talking Joe. Then it's got columns for issues covered, Yojo Cola's given out, what toy was discussed, what the colloquialisms were. So we'll have hmm. a master document so that we, we won't repeat ourselves. Nice. Well, okay. Uh, what is a BOMA? B-O-U-M-A. A BOMA. Mm. Oh, man. Do you fancy a BOMA? No. Um, or have you seen the Bomas on Earth? No. Um, Let's watch the stars uh, as we sit in the Boma. Uh, is it is it a boat of some kind? <laughs> it's like a fire pit oh, with a, okay. a sort of a like a round, um, either concrete or or stone or brick structure that you would sit on, uh, typically like a corrugated iron uh, partial roof. Yes. But obviously, an opening in the middle for smoke to ascend. Uh, oh. It's just like, yeah, it's a it's a nice sort of campsite luxury, a boma. You just kind of Very congregate. Good. Yeah, it's great. Like it. I'll, add it to, I'll add it to the spreadsheet. There you go, yet. pal. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. It now is time to close the show. We've been running long, running hot, running with good content. Uh, how much trouble is Chief going to be in when he comes out the loft? No oh, one knows until next my week. my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is time for... 
We asked you a question on all of the social media places. You sent us replies, and now I won't remember any of them, but Steve has tabulated them because we asked you a question. Yeah, man, and I suppose I can uh, get through this pretty quickly. Uh, no, that's fine, that's fine. I, I, I'm upsets. not in too much trouble. Also, after we've run through these, um, we are going to quickly dabble in. I realise uh, that I didn't do this on Facebook, but I posted uh, an image of Quick Kick with a pair of shears from the animated show and asked people to caption it. And, but I only did that on Twitter and Instagram. I forgot to do it on the Facebook page. So if you're exclusive to Facebook, Talking Joe page, and not those other forms of social media apologies, uh, I will post it on the group but it'll be too late for caption entry competitions because me and steve are going to pick out our favorites but um let's run through the uh, the the question we put up first and that was what what affiliation are you what which kind of group do you associate within the world of gi joe and the answers have surprised me chief big time really the okay. way the numbers break down okay we've got single votes for the adventure team and the Action Force Z Force. That was uh, my man Rick and my man Mark. The next category with two votes each were the Red Shadows and the October God. Solid. Then we've got the Dreadnoughts with four people wanting to join their ranks of rabble. Yes. Rabble yes. rousers. And only then do we start getting into Joe and Cobra. Right. Joe is in second place with seven. Yes. Co- and of that seven, three, three people yes. would like Go to on. be members Go of on. Battle Force 2000. Oh, my goodness. What the hell? Well, I mean, power to them. It's, that's yeah. interesting. But, man, I, I never knew or never would have imagined that in terms of G.I. Joe subsets, BF2K is like way up there as a yeah. favorite. Interesting. Yeah, I honestly thought the first guy was trolling us. <laughs> so that was what, seven? Seven there, was it, did you say? Seven uh, of the respondents uh, yes. picked Joe over Cobra. Yeah, Cobra has a stronger representation with eight uh, yes. folks swearing allegiance to the Hooded Serpent. Yep. But far and away, the faction that has the most folks lining up to join is Destro's Iron Grenadiers. Yeah, surprising that. Hey, what is it about those guys? I mean, they're snappy dresses. Yeah. I don't know, man. For me, it's got to be based on the equipment. I'd far rather be tooling around in Joe equipment than Cobra or Destro's. Yeah, I know you're a Joe man. What about you, Chief? I mean, is there something that swings one in favor of the other? I really liked Jim weighing in on how how cool it would be to kind of headquarter in (laughs) Cobra Island. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, That's a a really tough question. I I don't ever like sitting on the fence about anything, but I'm struggling to to pick out a specific faction that that holds more appeal to me i don't know i'd probably lean the joe side if you know gun to the head but but i don't know i don't know i mean i was I was thinking also were there any other factions that that we can think of off the top of our heads that got no votes i was thinking night creepers they didn't get any votes no one's really going to pick them i suppose <laughs> you mentioned something to me offline uh, a rashikage clan 
Sure, nobody loves the ninjas, it seems. You know, you know. Um, or Ninja Force. Ninja Force was another another one that didn't get any votes. But I suppose those people maybe that said Joe as a whole, that kind of incorporates all the sub sub teams. You know, Tiger Force, Night Force. Is Night Force Joe? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, all the all the subsets of Joe itself. I think for a subset to be a winner, it needs a winning logo. And yes. the Arashikage hexagram is fantastic. And I've had this argument on G.I. Joeberg recently that, like, using it as branding is a bit tasteless. You know, it's a, yes. it's a cool tattoo. It's a cool, like, secret society. But if you're going to plaster it all over your vehicles, weapons, and equipment, <laughs> yeah. start speaking yeah. of being a little bit OTT. Though, ironically, yeah. I looked back at the, or- well, the Snake Eyes origin issues, and that Aroshikage dojo was plastered with the hexagram. <laughs> but then offline Paul was like saying yeah but that's indoctrination that's what right, you'd expect yeah. to find at a top secret like ultra hush hush ninja dojo they're like yes, yes. you are yeah. part of this machine well it was good it was a good good little poll you know good, good to good to find out you know people's inner thoughts and and allegiances etc and you know seeing destro at the top was something we probably wouldn't have predicted so good to see that did you see brent mcmillan's picture that he shared of like this biker gang like aussie or yes Kiwi biker gang? yes oh, what's his name what's, his, what's the, the the director's dad wasn't it uh totally i don't want to pronounce pronounce his name uh taika waititi waititi yes yes that's it yeah <laughs> that was wicked that was really cool incredible uh, so clearly i mean that was that kind of choppery gang culture here in yeah. in, in uh, Aussie and Kiwi. Yeah, yeah very cool, and very cool. Um, good for that. Thanks, asses. everyone, as always, for your responses. That, you know, that's what the segment's all about. So with, without the responses and the replies, we don't. that segment doesn't exist. And we have to resort to me asking Steve a question, which oh, no one cares about. Yeah. What Transformer um, would you like to be? <laughs> Lamborghini. Hey, that was, <laughs> hey, hey, that, was, that was one of the early episodes of Talking Joe, I think. What colour uh, would you like your lightsaber to be? No, Chief, they're great questions. They're, <laughs> they're always good questions, my friend. That was, that's, all, that's almost like uh, the formative years of Outer Timers, where Talking Joe went a bit more pop culture at the end <sighs> of, of, of the episode. Yeah, that was the formation of it. But um, Bring it back, Chief. I, I just got to get my head out of G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm too yeah. stuck um, sucking on that titty. The, the image of, of of Quick Kick with the shears that I mentioned earlier actually came from Ben. He posted that image to me and said, put this up on Talking Joe and ask people to caption it. Just out of the blue, he sent me that image and said, do it. So I, I put it up. Um, I've got no idea what episode this is from or where this image is from. Other people will be able to tell me. But it is, if you haven't seen it, it is Quick Kick holding a big pair of shears <laughs> and... Uh, responses we've got, and then we're going to pick our faves. Um, someone said, "Time for your vasectomy." Oof. Well, Pilgrim, I'm going to can't do an. Uh, can you do a John Wayne for me? Well, Pilgrim, it's, it's quick kick doing John Wayne, and so it's, okay, it's kind on. of he sends it up anyway. Yes. This is yes. animated quick kick we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but no, you do the read in chief. Come on, man. Okay. I, All I, right, okay. I'm, I'm not going to do the accent. Well, Pilgrim, looks like this hedge needs a trimming. Uh, we had. Uh, in my next film, I'm Lorena Bobbitt. Huh? Uh, when the grass is greener on the other side, somebody's got to cut the lawn. <laughs> Hong Kong Fuhi number one super guy. You're talking shit about my fudgy bars. Cartoon this is the last time I take on a group of lawn vipers. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds like, uh, that's, that sounds like S-Job's favourite. Uh, don't yeah. mean to cut and run. Those backyard bushes have gotten big. I'm not sure this is how you manscape. 
Yeah, saw that one. I'm yes. going to castrate your pilgrim. And then my personal favourite from Balsha on Twitter is, I'll see you at SummerSlam. Uh, and that is because that is a reference, I guess, to Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And I'm a massive 80s, 90s WWE wrestling fan. So that's my favourite one. I'll see you at SummerSlam. Damn. All right. What's what's your favourite? Are you going with the Lawn Vipers? I'll go with Lawn Vipers. Honestly, Chief, when you... That was um, um, Anything Joe's uh, gave us that one. Nice. He's even got a, a punny handle. Isn't that yeah. fun? When you gave me this topic... I thought we were composing our own lines to caption. Oh it. right, I see. That's why, I, yeah, I misconfused a message you sent me then, uh, saying ah. like, "Bring your," you said, "Bring your A game" or something like that, which oh. I thought you were referring to when we record this recording. Make sure you're on top form. What you actually meant was bring your best pun. Yeah. Well, you've brought us nothing but form this evening, Chief. Okay. The listeners will be only so thrilled. Well, but, I'm not uh, sure about that. But have you got then? Have you captioned it for me? I came up with a, a, a comic book savvy caption and a cartoon series savvy caption. Love it, love it. Let's but they probably are both equally lame because I think we've established like I might have the dramatic chops, but I don't have the funny bones. Anyways, to try and do a quick kick animated impersonation, here we go. Hey, Pilgrim, there's only one form of birth control that works on fatal fluffies. Oh, okay. fatal yeah. fluffies are okay never mind let me not explain the joke yes 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 and then the cartoon savvy one forge the wish on hashi steel if you encounter god on your journey god will be cut <laughs> oh, yes oh. that was good i like that well uh, well, I was shamelessly cribbing Kill Bill on that one as well. Yes, yes, yes. I've got mm. that to watch, actually. I've got that recorded on the Virgin Plus box, uh, Volume huh. 1 and vol- Volume 2, to to watch. So I've only ever seen that once before. So more homework for Chief. To, you've reminded me I need to watch you've that. You've only um, ever watched Kill Bill once before. Hey, yeah. Chief. Yeah, is that surprising to you? Well, only because Kill Bill was such an unexpected turn from Tarantino to that point that it kind of demanded a rewatch just to like, huh? Because you you go through it and you're like, is he making a comic book movie? Yeah. Like, this is is crazy. You know, this guy does crime stories. This is like every genre rolled into one, like, fucking samurai swords, mate. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, if we struggle for a question for the listeners next week, uh, the question can be from Steve. Um, so, Chief, what did you think of Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2? But um, we'll, we'll done. find out. <laughs> done. All right, okay, done. Sorry, listeners. Done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and listeners listeners watch it as well, so, uh, or re-watch it, so you, know, you might get more out of that chat at the end of next episode. But, um, yeah, we have had a, it's been a really, really fun episode. I, I was uh, worried that there would be a come down after episode 80, but um, the japes and scrapes are still here on Talking Joe as always. Thanks to my co-host S. Jubs, as always, oh, for um, keeping the show afloat, doing all the hard donkey work on the back end. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do that in all the usual places. That's Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on the Instagram, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com, or Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Uh, I'm still posting up daily art pics over on Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter and Instagram, so check those out. I think I did. So I posted up some Joe ones recently, uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes by uh, the excellent Lee Bradley. So mm. I've got more Joe sketches and commissions in the locker. Uh, I'm on to day 62. I'm posting Street Fighter 2 sketch cards 
all this week so check those out uh, where can the fine people I know they, they know where they can find you but for those <laughs> new listeners that we might have picked up after episode 80 uh, where can the people find your work when I'm not doing Talking Joe intrigues and japes and scrapes, I do run a channel called G.I. Joburg. We have a presence on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a podcast. Um, it's fortnightly, so not quite as swish as Talking Joe, but uh, it's far more generalized Joe talk. Good chat. Catch up with the boys there. Uh, always talking about the, the cigarette black market cigarette <laughs> shenanigans over in uh, South Africa. Always interesting to find out what's going on there. They've banned alcohol again, yeah, Chief. Yeah, I heard that. My missus told me that, actually. Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. gone dry again. It's it's People are going to be rioting, man. I tell you, you know it. it's going to um, get ugly. Yeah, and also uh, Talking Joe is going to be having a crack, as we mentioned last time, on Cobra Convergence 5. The Talking Joe episode will go out uh, Monday, August 10. So stay tuned for that. There'll be a bit of bonus Talking Joe oral excitement in your ear. So listen out for that. But um, with all that said and done, uh, we'll see you down the road. We've been Talking Joe. And we're all out of Joes. And we're not Talking Joes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yo, Yo, Joe! Joe!